Hi, Lefford Wharton here. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. I am uh, doing these bonus episodes for the top photography show that Adorama TV is hosting. I thought it might be uh, a good opportunity to listen, to check the show out, and then come back with some lessons learned um, from all of us, because they, quite frankly, they hit the show and go really quickly through it. And uh, I, I just find there are some things that we could uh, pick up and learn along the way if we just took a, an, an extra 30 minutes or so. So that's this is what we're doing. So thank you so much for for joining. Now, I have episode three on uh, on the show notes page for this uh, podcast. If you if you go to uh, shutterbuglife.com forward slash podcast, you'll see it there, or you could just search for top photographer in the search box there. So, so, and the reason I say this is because th- there will be spoiler alerts in this if you have not seen it yet, and if you care. If you care about who, um, about learning who won or who didn't before you actually watch the episode, then, then, uh, the episode's right there on the show page. You can watch it first and then check, come back and listen to the podcast episode. All right. So for this episode, um, for the, for the episode three of Top Photographer, the, the photographers took a, a landscape photo competition and it was, a sunrise shot from the top of the Empire State Building. And it was really cool because they went up to the place where most people stopped to take their shots. And then Nigel had a, a surprise for them that they went up higher to the very tip top of the Empire State Building where there's no fences and nothing in the way um, of your shot. So you can just get a nice, clean, clear view of the, the New York City skyline. And so the, the charge was to, for them to get a great landscape shot. And Nigel's charge was for them to figure out how do you stand out from the masses and each other? Cause this is one of those shots where, you know, Probably 20 million people a year take some version of the shot from the top of the Empire State Building. Even if they don't go to the tip top, you'll get a very similar view. And so, you know, how do you make it stand out? And not just from the millions before you, but even among the, th- the three of them who are, are shooting here. And I think this one was a, a sort of a, an interesting because it has more applicability to what a lot of us do. If you travel, for instance, and you go to a new country or a new city and you go to the big, the big tourist um, locations, you know, your, your, your challenge there is how do you make your picture stand out from the millions of people before you? as well as from, you know, anyone else you might be traveling with. The same thing, I think, occurs if you are shooting in on a photo walk, and you're going on a photo walk with a lot of different photographers, and you are coming across an, a very obvious subject matter, a very obvious subject, and you know that everyone is going to be shooting this. And so now your 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 job is how do I make my photo stand out from all of them? So when we all post, they'll look at yours and go, "Oh wow, I didn't see that." That's what you really want, right?
So anyway, they went up to the top of the Empire State Building on the private balcony, no fences. It looks like it was about a waist-high um, fence, and, you know, the cameras were all strapped on as if, you know, Canada was actually paying for them. Oh, they were. And uh, when they went up there, Jemaya got an extra five minutes to shoot in the light because he won the previous uh, the previous con- contest where they were shooting um, the the Pamela Rowland uh, model. So since he won that, he got an extra five minutes. Now, I I thought that so he got just a little bit of of sunrise, the reds and the pinks and the colors in those five minutes. But the time the others came out, the good light was gone. And so I thought that was tough for them. So when they were on the first level where Nigel came out and said, you like this? We're going up higher. That was the perfect time to start shooting. And uh, they should have been in place on the top level and started shooting then for the you know, uh, really good light. I'm not sure if, if tripods would have been, would have worked up there, but uh, definitely they should have been in a little better light to get if the, if the goal was a sunrise shot. So anyway, um, so they all went up in a shooting. I'm guessing they didn't have a timer on them when they're shooting because they all seem just a little too playful. They're like taking pictures of each other, like, Hey, pose. Yeah. You don't do that when a clock is running. And, uh, and I guess the, the real timer is the, is the sky changing. So once it's changed, there's no need to, to keep, uh, to keep going. So anyway, I, I, <laughs> I was listening to one of the couple of things I heard that were, were interesting to me is Scott, when he was talking about the fact that Jemaya got to go out early, he said, well, it's too dark to get an image anyway. And I'm like, what? And so clearly he is the one who's been struggling with exposure for the entire, for the entire contest. He was too dark one time and this one, he's going to end up being too bright. And he, I mean, he's struggling with this basic. And so the fact that he thinks it's too dark to get a shot just tells you that he has a little more growing to do as a photographer. I mean, I'm not being, you know, nasty or critical, but, but you should be able to get a photograph in that light with a Canon 5D Mark III. There's just no reason why you shouldn't. So anyway, um, and in the guest judges were Tom Jaunty and uh, from a, from a site or a community called Beautiful Destinations. He has 13 million followers, so I guess he knows what he's talking about, is what um, Nigel said when he introduced him. And I thought, okay, why does he know? Just because he has 13 million followers, is he a marketer or is he a photographer? I, it wasn't really clear to me. I went to the site, and it looks like they are really just showing other people's images. So maybe he's a good curator and a good and a good uh, marketer, um, more so than a photographer. So anyway, I, I thought that was an interesting, an interesting choice of a judge. And, you know, I, and I, I have to say with, with the stable of really professional photographers that Adorama has at its disposal, I'm surprised they aren't, you know, bringing out more. I mean, you can have Joe McNally and, you know, people who everyone recognizes as, you know, top of the line, creme de la creme, you can have one of them show up and, and, uh, you know, give 
thoughtful and honest critiques. And I think it might be, uh, you know, it, it might help with the, um, I don't know, selling, selling the decisions anyway. So anyway, so one of the things they said they'd have to do is start with a good photo and make it shine. And that's a good message for all of us. You know, a lot of times we will take a a photo that's not that good and think, oh, we can fix it in post. And really the ideal way of showing your best is to take a great photo in camera and then take it into post and really make it shine, really make it shine, make it pop with um, colors and uh, and uh, make sure the exposure, make sure the shadows and highlights are all perfect. You know, start with a good photo. Don't start with a, because if you start with a crappy photo, I mean, you might get it to be a good, but for the best results, for the best results. And after all, that's what we're trying to show, right? Our best. So anyway, um, that is, so there's that message. Now there, there's, uh, so after they did all their shooting, they, they took their images down and they had 30 minutes to edit. And while they were editing, Nigel comes over to Roxy and says, notices that she's using JPEGs. And she says, well, you didn't shoot in raw. And she was looking like, I know I did. And she looked and found, realized that she hadn't shot in raw. And he made a big friggin' deal out of that. A big colossal deal. You didn't shoot in raw? Bad photographer. I'm like, okay. I mean, it's ideal to shoot in raw, but I don't know if you, I would say bad photographer. I think the real issue here is that she didn't check her camera before she started to shoot. That's the real issue because you know, no, no telling what else is wrong. You know, I always say that you should have a reset routine for your camera, meaning you put it back to all the same settings after every shoot. So for me, it's ISO 400, aperture priority 5.6, and, you know, just a what. And these are things I put my camera at to, the settings I put my camera to before I put it back in the bag at the end of a shoot, regardless of what I shot. So that if I ever have to jump up and run out the door with my camera, I know where it is. And so, you know, that's a helpful message so that you don't get caught in a situation like this. So you'll do your raw plus JPEG. You do all the the settings that you want to be as your default. You do that after you finish shooting and before you put the camera away so that you don't ever end up with this kind of mistake where you pick up the camera and run out the door because it happens. It happens to the best of us. And we realize, oh my God, I'm shooting at last night settings. So anyway, he made a whole big deal about it not being in RAW and shooting in JPEG. And, uh, you know, he said that she, she'd be able to do much better um, work on the skies, which is true, which is true. But... Um, I, I don't think it's, it was, it, it required the level of constant chastising he did. I mean, okay, you didn't shoot raw, bad, bad on you, going. And, and now the job of a top photographer, if photographer is to see how you can rescue that photograph that you shot in JPEG. I mean, th- that's the skill. At the end of the day, when somebody hires you, they don't care if you shot in raw or JPEG. They just care that you deliver a photograph 
that is acceptable and that they like. And so if you can deliver an end product, there are lots of times you show up and you will screw up a setting and you will screw up something. But if you can fix it and deliver an, an acceptable or good photograph, then then nobody really cares. Um, I, yeah. Anyway, so Scott's photo, when they looked at it, was... He shot in portrait orientation, which I thought was an interesting choice. It looked a little bit washed out, which is why I say I think this guy is struggling with exposure issues. But I like the fact that he he went portrait because, you know, this is typically what you would see as a horizontal scene. Most people would see and hold the camera and shoot in horizontal format. But when you when you sort of show us something different from what we'd expect, it, it, it takes a level of interest just up a notch. So so I thought good on him for doing that. But he did you know wash it out a bit. And uh, the problem with him, as with some of the others, is they didn't really find a, a focal point within there to really draw the eye in. If you were doing a, a sunrise and there was actually a sunrise, well, it would be clear what your your main focal point would be. But if not, then you're probably looking for something on the skyline that stands out that you can sort of build something around. And uh, that will give you a much better um, look and feel. If you're looking for something that stands out from the masses, just a wide shot that takes in everything that literally is just a point and shoot shot. When you think about it, it's just really point and shoot for, for most of them. Um, there was no real thought in terms of how we set up the composition or choose the subject and to choose the area to make it something. Remember the, the, the charge, something that stands out from the millions of people, millions of people before you and from each other. So shooting portrait helped, um, helped Scott to stand out, but, um, um, probably a little bit more work from there. Um, Roxy's photo, she, now she was closest to it. She went in and had a much tighter view of the skyline. And she did this really, you know, effect. You know, if you, if you put something right in front of your lens when you're shooting, it gives you this sort of a, a, a and you're focusing on your subject, which is, you know, far into the scene. That thing in front will give you almost like a blurry, translucent look. You see, like portraits photographers will do this. They'll have like a leaf really close by and they'll shoot into the leaf. And so that, let's say it's a yellow leaf, they'll have the sort of a, a soft yellow haze washed over the image. And, you know, so that's a, that's a cool effect. And she did that. I saw her doing it with her finger at first. Um, so, you know, she's a portrait photographer. So naturally she's probably seen or tried this before. And then she said she'd ended up doing it with the railing. And that made her image really stand out. And, and there, even though it was just a typical shot of the skyline, that made it de very different. And, and what we're looking for is sometimes just one thing that can make your photograph stand out and be different. So, um, the, the bottom of the image where that, that, um, that, uh, post was where that bar, bar or railing was, it looked like fog. It looked like it was a foggy day. And so it was a really cool effect. So, you know, she did well with that. Um, 
Um, Jemiah had a shot where he had, he picked one where he took advantage of the, the, the sky and the color, but it was really, at the end of the day, it was just, uh, it was just, a you know, a regular shot of the skyline that if 50 people went up there at the same time, 48 might've gotten that shot, you know, unfortunately. So, so there you go. Now, here's what the judges said. Um, the judges, you know, remarked that Jemiah was the only one to get some color and remarked that it came from the extra five minutes. Of the two judges, the guest judges from Beautiful Destinations, one said it was his favorite. The other one said it was his least favorite. And so... You know, you have that. And then Nigel said he just didn't feel the majesty. Nigel isn't a fan. So anyway, so they moved on to Scott. And then they, they talked about the, the colors being off and the pastel tones and how he washed out the story. <sighs> Same thing I said. Um, Roxy, they liked in the image, there were reflections in the glass. You couldn't really see this on the video, which is why I'd really love if they would post the, the real images so we can get to see them up close the way they did. And of course, Nigel gushed that, gushed that this image was uniquely you, that Roxy style, whatever that means. So anyway, it was, it, it was interesting. And of course, the winner was Roxy, and I think they got it right with the winner this time because of all, you know, if the goal was to make it stand out from all the millions of images before and from each other, she did that well by including that the bottom part of that railing, which made it look like a foggy day when it wasn't. It was a, it was a very creative and clever addition and, probably the only thing that made that their images of the three of them stand out from what any other random photographer would have taken had they had the same opportunity. All right. So you have to remember the so what factor. This is my big takeaway. You have to remember the so what factor because for the other two, when they went up and they shot up there, they got you know, the photographs were interesting enough, but because they were the same as probably millions would have gotten, then, you know, if the, this is a picture of a what is your first question. The next question is always, so what? Like, so what? Why do we care that you got a picture of the skyline with the, with the, uh, horizon dead center and a little few clouds and, you know, nothing really standing out. Well, who cares? And, and I don't want to be mean about it, but, but, you know, when we are shooting, when you are shooting, you always want to remember the so what factor. And the so what factor can usually get traced to, to two things, having a clear point of focus and catching that focus at the, at the point of, the most impact where there's a story or there's an emotion or where there is something remarkable going on or something unexpected. These are the things that will create the so what factor, something I didn't expect to see, something that is, isn't there, but should be something that is there, but shouldn't be something that is, um, 
that has an emotional uh, pull or tug at it, something that makes it stand out as, as, a, as a really strong story. You know, these are the things that give you the so what factor. And had they paid attention to the so what factor, I think they would have done a whole lot better. All right. So that's what I think about it. What do you think? You know, drop some of your comments in, you know, into my comments, both either here or in the Facebook group. I'm interested to hear what you think of these episodes um, of the top photographer. Um, you know, it's kind of cool. I, you know, so on this episode, Jemaya lost. So now he's voted off and, uh, now it's just down to Scott and Roxy. And part of me is a little disappointed because I would have wanted to see Jemaya and Roxy face off because I think they were those two strongest of the photographers. I think they had both had much stronger general photography skills that can be applied in a, in a range of settings. I, you know, I, I, I just don't think Scott has it. I think he, he, he probably is more of a visionary or a creative and he sees stuff, but Sometimes the technical application, meaning what do you do with your camera to bring that vision to life, is where you can fall down. And I think that's happening to him. Anyway, so we'll see what happens on the next one. It looks like they're just going to go out and find their own shot, which is what one of the guys who got voted off before kept saying that he wanted to do. And, and now he's gone. So it's a shame that they didn't all you know, get to, to play along. I, I saw a comment on under one of the videos that said the the single elimination thing is a little frustrating. They should have just made it a points-based competition so that they all competed in all four or five um or or five assignments and then saw we see who got um the best. And I thought and I think I agree, kind of agree with that. That, um, you know, voting off one at a time when you only have four or five or whatever it is, it's, 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 it's a bit rushed. It's a bit rushed. So anyway, anyway, so, you know, that's my thought on the top photographer episode three. Again, let me know what you think. And, uh, here's something interesting for you. This is the music you can hear on just about any given afternoon on a random street corner in the middle of the French Quarter in New Orleans. And that's why a lot of people go to that city for the music. Many people go for food. Others go for culture and nightlife. But tell you what, as photographers, we go for the photo ops. There are tons of photo ops all over New Orleans, and we try and take them all in. We go from the swamps to the cemeteries, from historic neighborhoods to the iconic French Quarter, to night shots in the river. We take it all in. And while we're there, we try and create just a wide range of different kinds of photographs that you can only get in this very special and historic city. I know New Orleans well because this is where I grew up. This is where I learned to take pictures. And so for me, it's just a treat to take you back and introduce you to the Big Easy as it's known. 
Now, if you want an idea of the kinds of images you'll be able to take there, go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash New Orleans and take a look at that best of New Orleans video. I made it from the images and video snippets of our attendees, and you'll see not just the great images we can take, but the fun you'll have while you do it. We're going back this spring, and I hope you can join us. It will be March 30 to April 2, 2017. March 30 to April 2, 2017. Again, go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash New Orleans to learn more about it and to register. Thank you again for joining me for another podcast bonus where we looked at the Top Photographer episode three of Top Photographer, and we tried to see what kinds of lessons we might learn. Now, the next episode is supposedly dropping next Tuesday. That's Tuesday of this week. And when that happens, um, we'll I'll do another I'll do another one of these. I'm guessing that might be the last one because we're just down to to two photographers now, and I don't know how they would drag that out for two more ep- episodes. But um, it's been a fun it's been a fun uh, journey and a fun show to follow along. So I'm glad I'm really glad they do this. Despite my criticisms, I'm really glad they um, Adorama TV TV decided to take this on. All right, so that's it for this episode. I will talk to you um, later this week. Ciao.